What's going on, people? What's going on? We're back with another one. Your yes, boy, Lex. Shubs here. And then we got a long-awaited guest. Do you want to introduce yourself, bro? Yeah, my name is Chris, also known as Mindset of Rich. You can follow me on Instagram. Yeah, man, it's good to be here. It's a long time. Yeah, word. Happy to have you and here. Before, before we get into it, yeah, this, this Chris guy, he's a grafter, fam. Obviously, me and Chris go way back, way back, innit? And... But ever, ever since I've known him, he's just been mashing work. Like, you have just multiple things going on, you know, at one time. And I'm just like, bro, like, how do you do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, the man even got onto him and said he's ghost. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But he's making stuff happen. Do you know what I'm saying? So, so I guess, Chris, like, just talk us from, you know, the inception of where, where it all started. Like, the first thing you, you, you got, you got work on, working on, basically. First thing was always football. Mm. Like from obviously when I was growing up, I say from when I was ten, like year five, yeah, when I started playing football like for a team, mm. and then from then it was like that drive, that hunger to like be a baller. If that mm. makes sense. Um, and I think that kind of that kind of transferred over into the business world. Mm. If that makes sense, because well, I've been grafting what from ten years old till I think I stopped playing football when I was about nineteen, twenty, mm. and twenties. Then when I transitioned to business, so. Mm. You're deep in that's like 10 years of graft. And all I was doing, I was going all in. I weren't like just saying I want to be a baller. Like I was doing extra training after hours, going to trials, like doing doing the most. You know what I'm mm. saying? Going to holiday camps to, to play football, going mm. abroad to try to play football, like doing everything possible. So yeah. like that graft of like working hard, trying to get to what you want to do, yeah. that was always been there. Obviously, for me, maybe one I maybe I quit too early but two maybe I just wasn't as talented as I thought I was yeah but that kind of hunger motivation drive graft just got transferred into another avenue basically mm-hmm. so before we move on to the next thing you mentioned hunger drive and determination yeah mm-hmm. but where like where does that come from okay I'm, I imagine it doesn't it doesn't come from anywhere yeah comes from upbringing in it like mm. obviously so I, I grew up from what, South London mm. you know Catford it's just one of them ones where I've always just wanted to kind of get my mum out of her situation. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You have a little, you have a standard of life that you want to live, mm-hmm. you know? I want it to be different to obviously how my, obviously my parents tried their best, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But where they maybe didn't have as much opportunity as what I do, especially like growing up with technology mm-hmm. and internet age and things yeah. like that, it's probably more advantages for us. And mm-hmm. um, we're more exposed to like things that can elevate our life at yeah, a quicker sure. pace sort of thing. Um, so for me, it was just like using the tools that I have now to change our life, to be able to, you know, it's got to a point where watching someone on TV or whatever, living the life that you want to live, mm. it's like, yeah, for a minute, it's like, yeah, it's cool, that's motivating. After a while, it's like, I, I'm tired of watching it now. Like, I need that to be me. Yeah. I need that to be my mm-hmm. life, my mm-hmm. people's now, like, mm-hmm. sort of thing. And I think that's where, like, the, the graph kind of kicks in. And obviously, growing up, relating that back to football, for me, it was like, right, football was the only way out. Because, like, I know the income you can make with football. Yeah, like, I know the sure. life you can give to your family through football. So, for mm-hmm. me, it was like, at that time, there was nothing else that I could see that was going to work. Mm-hmm. It made sense. Like, I never I never was the person to be like, yeah, I'm going to graft and go get a job. Nothing wrong with that. That's just mm-hmm. for me. It was just, it was never, ever mm-hmm. part of, like, my calling, that I was yeah. to say. Do you know what? I found that it's a, it's, it's a common trend, isn't it? Like, when you grow up on, when you grow up in, in certain areas where your exposure is not, you're not exposed to that much, right? Um, 
kind of your foresight on life is a bit capped in it. You only see, okay, rah, music or football as a, as a way out. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? And in school, we're not even taught like alternative avenues. It's funny because that's also the same, for example, overseas as well. Mm. Like in America, they're, they're like either make it to the league, basketball, mm. football, like NFL, or be a rapper. Do you mm. know what I mean? And nowadays, yeah. and I don't see how there's so many different avenues, like you said, whether it's tech, whether it's business, whether it's all these kind of different avenues. Mm. But yeah, it's so interesting because like you said, you grew up with this limiting view that you can either be, it's only either or, but mm-hmm. as you grow up, you start exposing yourself to different things, you get a big, bigger understanding of how, of mm. how you can actually make it. Yeah. Be that person you saw on the TV, but through something other than football or yeah. rapping, do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. So, so what was the, what was your first business idea or your, your or your first entrepreneurial thing that, that you that you, gonna be funny. you started. I bet you you don't even remember. I know it was. Flex London. Yeah. That was the first, first one. It was yeah. myself, Alex, and, and Jaden. Yeah. yeah. So we come up with this business called Flex London. God we, knows what it was. We was young though. It was like eight, I think it was eight years. Yeah, 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 yeah. We was young. Flex London. God knows, I don't know what it is because one minute I remember I've got a leaflet at home still and yeah. it's like shakes. We was like milkshakes, burgers, and delivery service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I could swear we went into do events. Yeah, it was events. Then, then it, then it went into like you know, like um, like law firms where they serve documents and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Running yeah. around doing that. Oh yeah, like, wait. So could, from like, the beginning, like, what what was flex? What was flex? Number? It was at, okay. Think of it like this. Yeah, it's effectively, it would have been what delivery is now. Yeah. For, like for food, like but for, everything, stuff, but for everything. everything. Do you know what I'm saying? But I don't know why we didn't go through it. I don't, I don't know. know do you know we had no experience? Like none yeah. of us had any experience. Yeah, it was just all ideas yeah, put together, yeah. and then literally the ideas would change from one extreme to the other. I yeah. mean, went from that events to then end up. I remember doing leaflets for burgers and shakes and milkshakes yeah. and stuff, mm. and I was like, I don't even know what our business is right now. Yeah. So, so then, then what? What was the thing after? Was so it- after that, we then. I don't know what happened to you at this point, but then we transferred to Flex London dating, speed dating. Yeah, I was off. To, I was. I don't know where I was then. Yeah, so I don't remember that. <laughs> so we basically kept the name, but then we decided to go into speed dating. So we done our first event in yeah. Bromley. Okay. We we rented out the King at the time. There was a pub called the King's Pub. We rented that out, and I remember it was for weeks, for about a week and a half, we were going to Bromley, going to all the shops, going to all the hairdressers, trying mm. to get girls to come to the speed dating. Then obviously we're just going on social media telling all the men them look we've got bare girls coming like you just need to come like sweet Dave mm. on the day not one person showed up so, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah not one person showed up so I thought yeah you know what uh, I'm not doing this yeah 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 that, that that must have been a tough one to swallow yeah now nah, it was a bit embarrassing isn't it yeah. obviously we've we've hyped it up and obviously I'm not gonna lie the girls gassed us like they're always having it like said they're gonna come yeah no one showed up so it's just a bit of like what did you learn what did you learn from that like firstly. Did, did you expect people to buy tickets on the day? Because, like, now I'm sure you you must have learnt some mm. stuff to kind of make sure there's at least some demand. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, people yeah. do pre-orders, people do tickets before. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, what did you kind of learn from that experience? Look, to be honest, I didn't learn nothing much in terms of the industry of speed yeah, dating. Okay. But what I have learned business-wise was, like, number one, was there demand for speed dating? Mm. Didn't even look into that, to be fair. We just thought of an idea and thought, mm. let's go. Number two, like like I said, like we didn't really promote the actual event. Like like I said, the main thing that we were trying to do is just go up to girls, give them leaflets, kind of guess it up like there's going to be guys there and then just going to guys just guessing up saying there's going to be girls there. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't actual 
like a sit down marketing strategy behind, okay, how we're actually going to promote this event, mm. who needs this event and, you know, sort of structure. There was no structure yeah, to it. It was just more like on a whim. So mm. it's like, if I'm going to do something business-wise, make sure I do my research, have yeah, a structure. For sure. And, yeah. then, and then analyze it and then execute it properly. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So then what was the, the second thing after that? Well, after the speed dating. Yeah. So after the speed dating, it then went into... Um, Went into flex football, so okay. we still kept the name. Oh, shit, is it? <laughs> we still kept the name, but we changed it to flex football. Now. Yeah. So then the aim was because obviously Jaden come from a football background. Yeah, yeah, I Come yeah. from a football background, so it was like you know what, neither of us are playing football right now. We're both coming from a background. We both love the game. Why don't we turn it into coaching? So he already had a head start because I think at the time he was already working with like West Ham and whatnot. Yeah. So he had these badges. Um, then that's when I booked in to go do my FA coaching level one badge. Mm-hmm. And I went and done it within like a week or so. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. We're going to open it up as a holiday as a holiday scheme. Mm-hmm. And I remembered we got, um, I don't know if you know a 10 and B football club, yeah. but they've got like a ground near Bromley. Yeah. We kind of got rented that space or mm-hmm. got permission to rent that space. Like literally like one pitch, like one pit, small pitch. Um, so it was like, okay, cool. Let's create the flyers. Let's try to get people like, mm-hmm. signed up. I remembered we got one person registered mm. like one one kid registered and i don't know what happened honestly like was promoting it like it was going well just doing all the promotion the flyers whatnot and then one day i went to Jaden's house and we we're just sitting there Sam came over to me and i was like i don't even think i love football and you know what it is at the time i was playing semi-pro mm. that was it and our manager the head coach changed the head coach loved young people so i was looking to get into the first team that was it he got fired. Someone else come in who had just hated youth players mm. and basically just never gave me a look in. So I was thinking like, I'm just sitting here in the youth team. I'm not even getting a chance. First team, like, so I tried mm. to go to other clubs and it just weren't really working out like that. Then obviously at the time I'm struggling because I'm not getting paid because I'm not mm. playing, yeah, yeah. but I need money. So I'm trying to look for a job. But again, I'm in a situation where I don't have like a career path. So I'm getting dead end jobs, like agency jobs. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Pay mm. me nothing. So I'm just struggling all over the place. And then that kind of, the love for football kind of went. Mm-hmm. So I remember I went to Jaden and I was like, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. Like my love for football mm. has gone. If I don't have a love for football, how can I do a football coaching business? Yeah. Mm. But it's mad because then he said the same thing. Mm. Mm. So then we was like, all right, we'll just, before we even start, another thing we're just going to cut off yeah. before we start. So I noticed a trend here. I started to quit a lot of stuff early oh, okay. without actually giving things a chance. Mm-hmm. But that was just, that was the next thing that we quit. So then, okay, so then how did you, so from what, from what you was feeling in your situation at the time, how did that then transcend into rich airport runs? Because yeah. what, bro, when I saw that, I said, nah, you're doing, you're onto something here still. Yeah. You're so, onto something. It's a, it's a journey on to get, to get there. Um, I think the major thing that changed it was, um, obviously I've got many other failed businesses in that time as well. Yeah. I think the major change was when I was 20 and I joined Network Marketing. Mm-hmm. And I know people have their things. There's there's memes everywhere. And I know I was probably big on that meme because I was hard doing like network marketing for about four years. Mm. For those who don't know what network marketing is, basically like what you lot will call a pyramid scheme, mm. <laughs> basically. But it's not mm. it's not a pyramid scheme. Um, it's actually created a lot of wealthy entrepreneurs. Mm. And a lot of people started off their careers that way. Bill Gates and um, Warren Buffett actually said they actually got investments in network marketing companies. So for me... That's where everything changed. Because mm. that's when I met and networked with some serious individuals mm. who outside of network marketing, they were already doing big things. Mm. Within network marketing, they were doing big things, five, six figure earners. And I was constantly around them. My first aim when I was around those people was, mm. I just want to 
first of all, I just want to do well enough that I can make some money that I'm, that I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But within trying to do that, they kind of noticed that I was one of the serious people because in that industry, it's tradition that people get started within a week to a month, yeah. they'll just quit and fall off. Yeah. But I was staying there. I was being consistent. I was always one of like the, the top enrollers of the month, whatever, always on the charts. Even though I weren't making a lot of money, I'd be open about that. But I was always like one of the top enrollers and whatnot. So the people, the heavyweight people, what I call them, they started to notice who I was, innit? Mm. Started inviting me out to dinners and stuff. But at that point, I'll be honest with you, obviously I was 20, 21. I didn't really know about networking. I'm just caring about what's coming into my bank account. Mm. But now when I look back at it, I'm thinking, rah, like those networking, because some of those networks now is what help, it's what's helping my business today. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? So I didn't realize the impact that I was doing, like just being around those people, making them know that I was a serious candidate. Yeah was opening doors later on in my life yes, that obviously yeah. at that time I wouldn't be aware of. And I think that's what kind of started the trail of the other businesses I started to get into. Because the business that I started to open after that point started to be a lot more serious compared to what we just spoke about mm. um, before. So then, so let's, so let's we'll, we'll get on to um, the, the property stuff in a bit, yeah. right? But how has your, how, what was the difference in terms of your mindset when, you know, you used in used in the flex stuff, and you know it failed, lost your passion for football. To then, okay, you're doing the network network marketing. You know, you're on the top and rollers. Like, what was the what was the change in what was the difference in mindset? They from... had they had mindset training. Okay. I swear they had mindset. What training. was included in that? Mindset? So mindset training was talking about how to transition your mind from being an employee mm-hmm. to a business owner. Mm teaching you about how business works and the mindset you need in terms of business, understanding the failures within business and is actually normal, Mm. understanding your different emotions, Mm. understanding other people's emotion, understanding buying and selling tactics. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So let's let's even even, um, touch on that because me and Shubh was was talking about the other day. um, What's the the difference of mindset between an employee and an entrepreneur? So employee, they just want a simple life. Mm-hmm. So employees' mindset is they expect it's almost like having a parent. You can't expect someone else to do all the dirty work for you, mm-hmm. and you just get the easy ride. You come in, you know what you're getting paid, mm-hmm. everything's certain, mm-hmm. and you don't deal with any of the big stresses. Yeah, you always pass everything on to someone else. Mm-hmm. But what you don't realize is that the people that make the most money in the world are the ones that deals with the biggest problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for example, someone would say there's a story that we got told about a janitor and a CEO. And there's one CEO that always treats the janitor with respect. And then someone asks to the CEO, like, why, like, you're, you're a millionaire. Like, this is just a janitor. Like, why do you constantly, like, give them a, like, so much respect? And he goes, the only difference between me and them is that my problems that I solve is bigger. The problems that they solve is a crisp packet on the floor. How much are you really going to get paid for that? Mm-hmm. The problems I solve, so is technology that impacts 55 countries across the world. Mm-hmm. The difference in problem solving mm-hmm. correlates to the income you make. Mm-hmm. So I started to realize, okay, so employees, they get paid a certain amount every month mm. because there's a certain problem that they solve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you look past that, let's look at the CEOs and you know the one, the board of directors and whatnot. Let's look at the problems they've got. Same company, but look at the problems they've got to solve on a day-to-day basis. Most people won't handle that, mm. which is why their income is different. So why do you think why do you think people won't handle that? It's because a lot of people like the idea of mm. being successful, have or like the idea of having what they having what they desire. Mm. How many times when you actually put in the, mo- the exact roadmap in front of them with telling them all the stresses and barriers, everything they have to overcome, mm. how many people turn around? Mm. Do you know what I saw the other day? I swear to you, I was so happy I saw it. I sent it to so many people. Mm. I was watching YouTube. 
By the way, YouTubers make so much money now, but we could touch on that later. I was watching YouTube. He's a well-established YouTuber, right? And he done a um, he done a um, what you call it, a video where he treated one of his subscribers to swap places with them for the day. Oh no! So he became the subscriber for the day and lived mm-hmm. the subscriber's lifestyle, and obviously vice versa. Mm. So the describe the subscriber, obviously don't live obviously that leverage of a lifestyle. So for that one day, living like this YouTuber who's obviously a multi-millionaire, he had 12 million that day to spend to himself. 12M? 12M. Jesus. It, everything was shown. Like, everything was documented. And mm. he was just having fun. He got himself tattoos. That, video, that sounds... Yeah. Gosh, um, pretty, I think it's a Pretty Boy Fredo. Okay. Time pretty Boy Fredo swaps life with a um, subscriber. You can watch yeah. it. Um, what's it? He got himself a tattoo, got himself new clothes, eating at the top, top restaurant, driving a Lambo drop top. All this stuff. And at the end of the day now, so he was, um, the subscriber was with the YouTuber's best friend throughout the day, innit? Just to make sure I've safe it goes sweet. Yeah. At the end of the day now, the best friend said, um, what, do you want to stop here? Like, or do you want to go home now? Do you want to stop here? Do you want to carry on this lifestyle? Because the YouTuber was like, because they both live in New York. It was like, oh, I've never, ever experienced New York like this before. Mm. Like, I always thought New York was one way. But mm. like, today's opened up my eyes to like, what you can do in New York, yeah. difference in money. So the best friend, so the YouTuber's best friend was like, "Well, we can continue to stay until tomorrow and the next day, but now it's time for you to work. You played all day, yeah. but now this is what you need to do. You need to go back. You've got three videos to edit. After you edit these videos, you need to go to the airport and fly and go see your door. After you do that, you've got another interview you need to do. After the interview, you've got three more videos you need to film and then send out. Then you need to do a live a live Twitch um gaming yeah. that evening. Blah blah. Like you ready for this? Like you you played." Have fun playing, yeah. but now let's work. This is the work he has to do to play like this. Mm. Are you ready? Do you know what YouTuber said? The subscriber, the YouTuber. The, the, sorry, the subscriber. Sorry, do you know what the subscriber said? Don't tell him he said no. He said no. He said literally, no, I can't handle it. Oh, I'd rather just, I'd rather just keep it simple and just go back brilliant. home. But that's just how how it is. This is man. what like, I was saying. Not everyone no, wants the same th- that's, life. That's you know mad. I don't think so. You know? I think it's mad. I feel like like it's all relative at the no, end of the day. No, because like okay, you've tasted, you've actually seen, tasted, held the sweet life. You've seen what it takes to get there, and you're just gonna quit. You're gonna quit now. <laughs> but that's but everyone has different mindsets. Like you said, there's some people who just want a comfortable life. They just want to do what they're getting paid for, and then go home and leave everything at work. Do you know what I mean? For us, we come into work. And then we, there's no going out of work. Do you know mm, what I'm saying? Yeah. So every, everyone wants different. And even so funny, I read this quote, um, I think just yesterday that like for you not to look at the price, mm-hmm. you need to be working without looking at the time. Do you mm, know what I mean? So sucks. it's like, that's just, the, the, that's just how it is. Yeah. Like for you to want that quality of life. But to be honest, there's different, there's different levels, right? Mm. For that guy to like have 12 million to spend, there's definitely a lot of work. 100%. That went behind the scenes, you know what I mean? And, and that's that's really interesting to see because when it comes, it's just how you're built, man. It's mm. just your character, do you know mm. what I mean? Like to be an entrepreneur, there's a lot that goes with it. Even with your story, bro, for you to keep trying things after oh, after one not working, another not working, like there's a whole yeah. list still of stuff. No, definitely, that I even there's definitely about a reason why <laughs> is mindset of rich, because there's there's that kind of mindset that just keeps you going. And that's mm. what I'm really excited to dig into. So let's let's also touch on um mindset of of an of an entrepreneur, right? Um so let me throw it out there. What, what do you think it takes to be an entrepreneur? Or what mindset do you need to have? Do you know what? It's a tough question to answer because I don't think there's one answer to this. Yeah, for mm. sure. But I definitely feel one of the common factors is 
the mindset you definitely need to have is you actually you can't swear on this, can you? No, go to the truth. You can't. You genuinely can't give a fuck about what's what's popping. Now, forget about what people's thinking. Mm. What's popular trends? Mm. If you're an entrepreneur, you ain't got no such thing as trends because mm. you can't. You don't have time to follow trends. Mm. Let me explain what I mean. Yes, in your business, obviously you got to follow trends to make sure your business is in line with that. But I'm talking about for yourself, mm. i.e. Too much, too much times when people are going out, like day parties are a thing. Everyone's like going to day parties. Too much time I had to miss out on it. Mm. I'm thinking, rah, I could go to this little day party here and spend £30 for the ticket and I know I'm going to spend £100 for the day. Mm. But that £130, I could put it into marketing. Mm. I have to give it a miss. You lot have fun, I'm going to have to give it a miss. Talking about trends. Trends again, like clothing-wise, I love to dress nice as well, just like anyone else. Like my, my style is expensive. I'll be real with you. But, for example, do you want me to keep it real? I'm wearing Tommy Manich right now because I didn't want to spend the six bills on Balenciagas mm. because I thought to myself, I want to treat myself because I worked triggered. hard. That's no, right. <laughs> 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 nah, but it is. Do you know what it is? You got it, you got it. That's calm. Mm, like, for me, true. it was like, my business was doing semi-well. I thought I want to treat myself. I could have bought myself a 600-pound pair of trainers. Mm. But then I said to myself, why? If you've got a business that's not... Like I've not retired from it. Mm. So I can definitely use that money and put it into so many other avenues within my business mm-hmm. or sure. within other investment streams that can go on to create me more than 600 pounds. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to treat myself because we're human. So I thought, all right, let me go for an alternative option. Mm. Not saying not saying it's bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but yeah. just like you've got to become... You've you got to have the mindset where you've actually got to be like a little penny saver. Mm. And that's where me being broke for so many years kind of come into good effect now because now it's like cool, I know how to budget. I know yeah. how to live on very minimum. Mm-hmm. So I need to practice that. And as you're making more money, don't even don't even feel like you're making more money. Still act like you're yeah. nothing. Yeah. And that's and this is something that, that I always say, right? Wealth is made in, in that in that gap, right? You effectively reduce your outgoings, increase your incomings, mm-hmm. and that's where wealth starts mm-hmm. is, is is made. Um but then another question, right? Do you not think then that entrepreneurial mindset, do you not think you can bring that into, you know, in, into a day job. 100%. Yeah, there's, there's a such thing called entrepreneurs. Yeah. So those people in organizations and organizations like Amazon really push, mm-hmm. or Google, mm-hmm. they really push that kind of mindset. For mm-hmm. example, I know at Google, they want you to do like 15% of your time working on a side project of your, mm-hmm. your own mm-hmm. because they, like you said, not everyone, and this is what I say as well, not everyone has to start a business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you can join a business. Like even mm-hmm. now I've got, I'm a friend who's working closely with me in my business. And that's because they have that kind of entrepreneurial mindset and tendencies. Mm-hmm. But once again, they don't want to be the person to eat all, all the shit when things go mm-hmm. wrong. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's just, just, that's also something that's super interesting. Not everyone has to start something. And I say it all the time, like, there's so much power in collaboration. Like, mm-hmm. instead of me and you starting a podcast separately, we decided to join heads together. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, yeah. that's just how it is. So, like, not everyone has to be the head honcho, mm. but you can actually come in, bring a lot of value in, and also, like you said, get re- remunerated for it. Yeah. But also, you can kind of handle the amount of stress you yeah. get You get to take home. Do you know and what then, I mean? Uh, we, even me and you was having that conversation the other day, and I was like, oh, like, bro, I don't even think I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur. Like, mm-hmm. I'm more of a like a problem solver, an yeah. investor. Do you know what I'm saying? Cause I can spot opportunities, and then, like, within, within work, I can see where, okay, cool, I can alleviate a particular problem, make something much more efficient, mm-hmm. save time and cost. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So still adding value, but 
obviously I'm not dealing with like like stress like market and all, and yeah. all that stuff do you know what I'm saying yeah I think um, it's a proper interesting conversation because like everyone is everyone is so different and I feel like the reason why I fell into entrepreneurship was because I couldn't get the opportunity I wanted anywhere mm. like so I just had to create my own do you mm. know what I mean mm. and I feel like a lot of the time that's also what kind of leads people it's entrepreneurship as well, whether mm-hmm. it's solving a problem mm-hmm. or whether it's you creating your own job, mm-hmm. essentially as well. So yeah, that's that's super. But even in that, that's that's a prime example of how like you know effectively you was progressing forward. You know you you was blocked, but you didn't you didn't just stay there mm. stagnant. Do you know what I'm saying you, you pivoted and yeah. done something else. And I think that's not people don't do that today. Mm. And I think this might trigger people, but I think the reason why people don't do that is because they're soft. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? They're yeah. not 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 built to graph. Like whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're working in corporate, like you got to, in order to be the best, make to the top, you got to graft. Like no, for you, sure. you can't for complain. Sure. I, and, let me jump in on that one. Yeah. Intra, entrepreneur is the mm-hmm. word you used. I agree with that so much. You can definitely move that entrepreneur mindset into yeah. the workforce. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you why. Because even for someone like us who are building something like you can't build anything on your own. Mm-hmm. So for example, like if I was, for example, I, if I'm looking to expand my company, obviously the person I'm going to be employing, they're not going to be an entrepreneur because they don't own my company, mm-hmm. but I want them to feel like they own it. Yeah, do you know what I'm yeah. saying? And work just as hard because the same thing how, like you said, Amazon and Google and all these companies build mogul empires because the people involved in there are entrepreneurs. Like they're entrepreneurs, but they rather just work within yeah. a top field rather than doing it themselves. And they, they have the stress, which is still fine. Because mm-hmm. either way, they're still getting a good wage anyways, yeah. good stable wage anyway. Mm-hmm. So, and in the I day, think yeah. it's that initiative as well. I feel like that's just the only difference. Mm. For example, in some workplaces, if there's a problem, people will just avoid it. Like, mm-hmm. and it's so, and it's so funny because it's just like how it is, how humans are generally. For example, if you see something on the floor, people rather walk over it yeah. than, than pick it up. Yeah. But when you're kind of starting a business or like you said, you want someone to work for your business, you want people that will pick up the, the, the stain, do you know what I mean? Or because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that will just walk over it. They'll take the lot, they'll take the stairs rather than <laughs> walk past it and yeah. fix it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's that initiative. And that's also like you said, when it comes to, for example, when I had my roadblock, there was no way I was going to keep on applying for jobs for a year. Like mm. I just knew that wasn't what's going to happen. I mm. just knew that I had to keep on working mm. and whatever happens, happens. Do you mm. know what I mean? But mm. I couldn't sit on my bum and just wait for one application to come through mm. and then that's my life sorted. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like initiative is so key when we talk about mindset of, mm. of an entrepreneur because that's what it is to start it but also to keep it going as well. And also, I want to just debunk this myth that you can't make money working corporate because oh, you oh, can. Of course you can. Oh, like, you can. Of course you can. There's, there's there's people who are making some serious money. Like, and I, when I mean serious, I'm, I'm not talking like 200, 300 bags serious. I'm talking like half a million over. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But what it, it, you just need to be prepared to do what it takes. No, for do you sure. Know what I'm saying? See, this, this goes back to what I was talking about trends. Mm. For some reason, recently, it's, it's been trendy to be an entrepreneur, yeah. trendy mm-hmm. to try or oh, not have a job and blah, blah. Like, there's, there's not, nothing trendy about it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? For like sure. you said, there's so many people in corporate make mm-hmm. money. Pe- you just got to know who you are. Yeah. Like, yeah. like we established that. Like, for me personally, it was never in my blood mm. to pursue that corporate route. Yeah. But there's other people who do, who yeah. are mashing it at it. So yeah, I'm not in entrepreneurship 
for the money to mm. to make millions because I feel like working for myself, I'll make more money mm. than working for another job. The reason why I'm in it is to build something. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That feeling of putting my all in, building something that I can be proud of, building something, owning something, something that I can give back mm. to, to my community, to my children. Mm. Just knowing that, okay, cool. I bought this from an idea to this stage. Do you know what I mean? And when I start, when you start looking at like the people who did, who like, for example, Google, Amazon, people that built something great of worth or value, they started at the same place we mm. started. Do you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. So like, it, like you said, trends, like people think, okay, I can start, my own business so I can handle my time. Like, you don't have time you don't when, have you're in, time. Yeah. when you're in a business. Every, do you want the biggest myth? Let me tell you the biggest myth. What everyone goes into entrepreneurship for is the absolute opposite Obvious. you're going to get when you go yeah, into it. Like, sure. literally, you go into it for more money. You have less money. You're even more broke. I'm telling you from mm-hmm. real facts, you're mm-hmm. even more broke. You're going to, to have more time to yourself. I'm telling you, you have even less time to yourself. Mm-hmm. To the point that relationship with people, friends, partners, mm-hmm. whatever, starts to get strained because you just have no time. Yeah. Because you have to work around the clock because you're making no money. Mm-hmm. Like, people think, like, they just think they're going to come into it and just be different. Like, it don't work like that. Mm-hmm. Everything's the complete opposite. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Complete opposite. Then, guess what? You, you get times as well. You've got all the other people that are in a job now. They're laughing at you because you tried to mock them. Now you've got no money. You can't even go out because mm. you're not even trying to go out because you can't, you're trying to budget. Forget all that. You ain't going out because you ain't got no money yeah. to go out. Mm. That's how it is at the beginning. But people don't like to show that side of it. Yeah, for sure. They want to show the roses when, when you get, when you get start, you know, getting a Range Rover, the new mm. penthouse suite mm. or whatever. Then they want to show that. Mm-hmm. Where was you for the last six years? Yeah, like, sure. show the truth. That's why I made the reality as an entrepreneur. Mm. So like, let's, let's show the journey getting there. Like, yeah, for sure. To show the real truth, what goes on behind the scenes. Definitely, mm. man. But I think a lot of people they make that mistake because they go into entrepreneurship without without a purpose. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like money, money can only be a driver for so long. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? When you get it, it's marginal utility. It just it just diminishes over time. So if you're gonna go on to, to, to be fair, no matter what you do, just have have a purpose. Yeah, do you know what that's mean? what that that's what gets you out of bed. Do you yeah, know what I mean? like bro, every every day I'm up. 7.30 a.m. to sit on my freaking desk yeah. for myself. Yeah. Like, I can be like, okay, well, I want to stay in bed today because mm. who's going to tell me not to? Mm. But it's that purpose, knowing mm. you're building something of value, yeah. knowing that you said this is your mission, yeah. this is what you want to achieve. That's mm. where it is, bro. That's what keeps you going. It's not the money. It's not, oh, snap, I'm not going to make any money today. So mm. like, it's either stay in bed or not make money. It's knowing that, listen... You made a commitment to yourself, so mm-hmm. you got to do it. Do you know what I mean? So and um, what was I gonna say? That's what I was gonna say. And if, and the, the wickedest thing is like every day, like every day, I think about the, my future, why I'm doing this, mm-hmm. who's it for. Do you know what I'm saying every day without fail, and it's like no matter how I'm feeling, if I'm feeling like shit, if I'm sick. I'm still getting up, bro. Until, well, do you, until do you I know can't what it walk. Is? Hands, hindsight is such a beautiful thing. 100%. Like, when you look back in the year's time, you see how far you come. Like, bro, it's even funny now because right now, so I run a digital marketing agency, right? And we're rebranding. And we're looking at our logo from two years ago mm. to now and seeing how far we come. But mm. when you're in it, you don't see it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? But when 100%. you step out of it and you look back, so even now those days where you're like, ah, oh, I can't be asked to work. Mm. When you actually make sure you're working on those days and you're looking back two years later, you're going to be so happy with what you built. Do you know what I mean? 100%. So it's actually, yeah, one of those things, just seeing that 
every decision you make, the power of small steps, how mm. it leads to the big goals and how it leads you to where you want to be. Mm. But it's understanding that it's going to take way longer than you think. 100%. You know what I mean? so, 100%. Yeah, definitely. So let's let's move on to um, smart, choice inve- smart Choice Investments. Yeah, yeah Smart Choice invest- yeah, yeah. Investments. What is that? So we basically, we find properties available for supported assisted living companies mm-hmm. and um, they basically pay us a fee to find them properties for their, their tenant and client group. Mm-hmm. Um, we also do it as well for like blocks of flats or hotel, vacant hotels. Um, yeah, in a nutshell. So how did you, how did you get into that? Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people ask because a bit, bit random what a lot of people think, but it's actually not random at all. So hold on, before you start, is it similar, is it similar to rent to rent? Yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. it's basically rent-to-rent, right, cool. but it's just yeah. doing it for a different clientele of rent-to-rent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because most people do rent-to-rent to for room-to-room yeah. for working professionals. But yeah. rather than doing it for that client group, we're doing it for more like a care purpose. Yeah. Okay, cool. yeah. so I even feel like, just to like big you up as well, is like we talk about property and we say all the time there's different ways to get into properties. Not yeah. always buy a house, refurbish it, mm-hmm. sell it, or buy a house, rent it out to someone else. Yeah, yeah. There's so many different routes and... Even like the way you got him, you might not need to have a huge deposit mm. to get started. So yeah, like I, I just love that as well. And I hope our listeners can actually mm-hmm. get some inspiration and some ideas if they are interested in property. Because I remember when I found out about different ways to get in, it was yeah. very eye-opening because it's not, oh, I got to be this age or I have to have a job that I can get 10 times, four times the salary to get a nice mm. home and stuff like that. So yeah, I really do like that idea of, yeah. of what you're building. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. So the way I got involved in it, I mean, there's a lot of different things that got me to where it is. I yeah. mean, I won't touch in it too much, but briefly, I had a, my own lettings agent for two years called Multilets. That gave me the experience in properties. I worked for like two of one of the biggest um, property com- companies um, back in 2016 as well, where I actually gained my property experience. So I've been in properties before. Mm-hmm. So going back to properties now wasn't new to mm. me, but so a lot of people was random because a lot of people didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of like one of the things. The second thing was during my time, I don't know if you guys knew I was on the show on BBC, um, the traveling show, One Hot Summer. Yeah. But um, when I was on that show, like there was a day where there was no cameras and kind of was kind of just reflecting on what we was actually doing with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I realized what I was doing at that time, I, I weren't interested in doing. And I had the mindset of looking into industries that create the most millionaires yeah. and property kept coming back up. And then I remember I got a call. I was thinking about properties and I got a call from my old business partner who was like, we need to get back into properties, you know? And I was like, it's weird because I've been thinking, I've been literally simmering over that thought for a while now, but I just haven't done anything with it. Mm. So then I started going to like property courses, just learning different, different strategies because mm-hmm. I wanted to invest into it originally. That mm-hmm. was my aim. But I'd be real, I ain't got no, I had no money to invest in properties. So I kind of just went to learn different strategies of how you can make money through properties. And I came across deal sourcing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is basically, you don't need the money. You just basically find the deal as if you're going to buy it. Then rather than you buying it, you just sell it to an investor who will buy it. Let's, let's, let's dig into that a bit more, right? Because mm-hmm. like, I, I remember, yeah, when I, when I basically just, I found a property and I was like, shit. My brother asked me, he's like, What's the numbers say? And I was like, shit, what are the numbers saying? How am I going to do that? And then when I actually like, got into it and done the analysis, it's not hard. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, just, 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 um, 
just explain to your listeners kind of how how you go about deal sourcing. Like what what what's to what do you look for? What information do you need? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So with deal sourcing, the first thing you got to know is who are you trying to find deals for? Because there's so many different strategies. So you got you got to know some. You might be trying to find a deal that someone's going to buy to then refurbish and then rent out. You might be looking for a deal that someone's going to rent to then sublet it. Mm. You got to know first of all who are you actually finding a deal for. So you know. Then you what strategy you're doing. Then after that, you obviously go find the strategy as if you are the investor. So mm. act as if you're the investor at all times. And then, so when you find a property, what you've got to do now is you work out the numbers based on that strategy. So for example, for me, I was in rent to rent. That mm-hmm. was, that's my deal sourcing strategy. So for me, I'm like, okay, I know how they make their profit. They're going to rent the room for a certain price to then either add an extra room by using the living room as an additional room. So first yeah. of all, I find out, can that be possible? Yeah. If so, then I know, does it need a license or not? Because if it reaches a certain amount of rooms, you're going to need a HMO license, yeah. which is a house of multiple occupancy license. Does it need that? If it does need that, that's going to affect the cost up front. Mm-hmm. If it don't need it, okay, cool, let me work out the numbers so they pay less up front. Then I work out what's the room rates in that area, what type of people rent in that area, yeah. And is there a market for it? Is there demand for mm-hmm. rooms in that area? Mm-hmm. If so, how much? Then I work out the numbers, the gap between what they're going to pay and how much they can get it for, like how much they can sublet it for. Mm-hmm. Then obviously work out the bills. So after I make this much, pay the rent and pay the bills, how much you got remaining? For me personally, I wouldn't sell a deal if it's going to give you less than £400 a month mm-hmm. after, all pro- after all expenses. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I wouldn't sell it. Mm-hmm. So after I get to that point, then I'm like, okay, cool. It's going to make this amount. I've done my research. I've done all my comparables. I put it in a report. And then I basically, I work from that, I work out how much I'm going to sell it for, depending on how much it's going to make. Mm. Yeah, no. The, the reason why I love deal sourcing so much is because it can happen in any industry, right? You can start in property. And then, for example, you can come off, you can come across a restaurant and you can then say, okay, cool. I see this restaurant here. They're about to get out of business you know what, why don't I like try and put something together, see whether I can pitch it to an investor. If they want to take over the restaurant, is on take over the restaurant to start a club or if they actually want to renovate the whole building and stuff like that. And then you start looking at things like, for example, businesses. This mm. business is about to sell. Why do I negotiate this and get a finance fee? Do you mm. know what I mean? And you start understanding how business works. You start understanding the principles of business you need demand you need supplier you mm. need a buyer and you need a seller and you can put the two together mm-hmm. and that's essentially what it is in almost every business you start understanding how sales work mm-hmm. so i i really really um find find that you know what to interrupt you there yeah do you know what deal sourcing taught me that you can actually charge for anything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. literally anything mm-hmm. i remember one time someone someone asked me i'm just gonna say i don't really care someone asked me um Oh my! I was in the property doing a viewing, and then they said, "Oh, we've got a bit of a boiler problem." I said, "Oh, really?" And then I was like, "Well, have you got a quote for it?" I said, "Nah." Then I was like, "I can get you a quote, but I'll charge you for it." Yeah. I said, "Yeah, fine." <laughs> yeah. Then I got sure. then I got the quote. When I got the quote, I added extra money. Yeah, of course, of course. And then I then I gave it to her, and then yeah, she took it. So in my head, I was like, "Right, I just made money yeah. for giving her a quote and then putting money on the quote." Mm. But then I was like, "Right, you can actually." Deal source anything you can actually mm-hmm. get a finder's fee for anything. anything then, I, then it started being little things that I remembered. Like people was asking me, like, "Oh, you're in properties. Like, do you have a spare room? Like, I'm trying to move out my parents' yard." 
got to find this fee from the landlord, got to find this fee from the person moving out. Just, mm. Next thing you know, I'm just like, right, you can actually just charge yeah, for anything. It's, it's like, making man. your time, your expertise, your yeah, knowledge, your yeah, network, charging mm-hmm. for it, bro. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what deals was for sure, me, man. For sure. It's crazy. No, that's so. Is that what cool. you're you're currently doing? Now? So that so that's one of the things that I'm doing. The other thing that I've started to do now is I started investing into crypto mm-hmm. and do trading mm-hmm. and learn how to day trade. I'm not coming out here saying I'm a day trader. I'm really not mm-hmm. at all. But I just want you to look at this is when I start to look at business trends. What is most useful skill for me to learn? I've always wanted to get into trading. Why? Main so after since the whole COVID thing, everyone's doing what being at home. Most people, I, me, I got affected. I used to work a job before this and then I, I lost my job because mm. of COVID. Cool. Or got made like to a part-time role, but whatever. So I was like, I need to learn a new skill. What's a skill that's really useful right now? Trading. Because you're going to be at home anyways. You're using your phone all the time anyways. So why not learn how to read the markets, to learn how to invest my savings to make more money? Mm. It's going to make more money if I learn how to learn the skill, how to trade it on a daily basis or put it into the right cryptocurrency and let it compound rather than just letting it sit in the bank and then using it for emergencies and just mm-hmm. it's going to windle down. Mm-hmm. So I started to Im- learn into that as well. So No, I got, yeah, I got to talk about that because <laughs> I very much, <laughs> I said I said it to Alex because Alex was one of the people that kind of pushed me into crypto, right? Yeah. I had like money in my savings, right? And like my money would just be there but like nothing's coming back. And it's understanding that, like, you got to put your money to work. Do you know what I mean? Like, you had to work for it. Mm. So they got to work for you now. And finding other ways. And, like, once I kind of saw... because and, and I think this is what it is, right? A lot of people let people make decisions for them. 100%. Or let people tell them... For example, right? You could be... For example, I, I say all the time, you could be on Twitter... And everyone's saying, oh, cryptocurrencies are fad. Mm. Like, you know, they used to say the internet's a fad, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know, they said the internet won't last. Yeah. So it's now you doing that research, having a good understanding of it and making your own decision. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So even me, like, I used to just have money in my savings and I'm like, why is my money just staying there in my savings? Inflation rate is about to be negative. Like, sorry, interest rate is about to be negative. So there's actually no way my money's working for me in my savings account. But if I, like you said, you learn a skill, if I go and do my research, educate myself on what investing is, what cryptocurrency is, what stocks are, then I can put my money to work. And it's not an age thing. Do you know what I mean? I feel like people usually wait to their certain age to learn these things. Mm. But the internet has made it a level playing ground. You can be any age and you can do like whatever you want as Mm. long as you have the initiative to go and learn about it put in the hours to have a good understanding about it mm. and make that decision that okay cool this is what I want to do yeah. so I feel like it's a great point you raised like you can actually do something with, with the money you have and it's also important for you to like learn a skill where you can have your money compounding because at the end of the day like I'm not saying anyone go and put your money in crypto or whatever but do your research don't let people tell you oh it's great or it's bad mm. or it's not going to last or this is the future Go and do your research you know and you'll see for yourself. To add to that, what you said, there's two points you made, mm-hmm. yeah. The first point you said about people, like, like their decisions being made for them. Mm-hmm. That, I found it so funny because when I started to learn about, like, crypto or trading and stuff like that, obviously, I, 
I'm part of like a mentorship group. Like I always make sure I get myself involved with like mentorship mm-hmm. groups and stuff like that because mm-hmm. I just want to make sure I get the best learning. Because mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not the quickest learner. Like it'll take me some time. Like I'm still learning now. I've made and I, and you'll make bare losses. What people don't tell you, like I've made bare losses. There's been bare times where I've done the wrong trade and I've literally wiped out my account mm-hmm. and I've got to save up to start again. Like mm-hmm. it's happened bare time, but it's just part of the game. I remembered like I put my first like sort of little piece into crypto, and I see on Insta. This is when like crypto um Bitcoin hit forty thousand, mm. and everyone's going crazy. Everyone's posting it. People are not even involved in yeah, the trade. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, everyone's yeah. posting everyone's Bitcoin forty thousand. I'm like, all right. And then I think the next day, because this is trading, it's meant to be a long term investment. Mm-hmm. It's gonna fluctuate. It's gonna go up and then down and up mm-hmm. and then down. The amount of people I saw the next day when it went down, because I think crypto, um, Bitcoin actually went from 40,000, it went back down to like 23,000 before it went back up to yeah. 50. Mm. Do you see when it went to 23,000? Yeah. I didn't even look, I didn't even look at my crypto mm. um, account because I know how trading works. I know yeah. I'm putting that money away and I'm going to check it again in probably a year's time yeah. or maybe a year and a half time. Like, I'm not going to check it daily. It's not for mm. that. Yeah. The amount of people I saw, everyone's a liar. Crypto yeah. don't work. Mm. I've lost so much money. My money's gone down. I'm thinking, did you not just follow a trend or do yeah, you not actually facts, know what you're right. investing into? Like, this is not a, I'm going to put money in today to take out tomorrow. Yeah. This is like a long-term investment, like That's a true. year, two, three, four, five years. Like, this ain't a quick thing. Mm-hmm. And then that just goes back to the point about a lot of people, like decisions being made for them, just like to follow trends, be popular. You ain't got time for none of that shit. Like, if, if you if you want to be rich and wealthy, like, you ain't got time to be following trends. Remember like, the mental models, yeah. right? The one where it says, like, you have to be thinking for yourself like social proof mm. like a lot and this is the most simplest example right have you ever been have you ever joined a queue and you don't know what you're queuing up for mm-hmm. like that's just how it is like yeah. people don't go the extra mile to go and see okay what is this queue for and mm. then you get to the top of the queue and it's like oh hi sir um we're giving out so so you're like oh i didn't know this is what i was queuing for mm. and like you said people making this have people making decisions for them a lot of people don't step out of that box and go and see what it is do you know what i mean mm. like you just join the queue naturally because that's where majority are yeah. but you don't go and say okay cool what is this queue for is this where i'm meant to be like why am i in this queue like yeah. that's just where it is and like if you go check one of our latest posts the mental models how to become a better thinker like that really blew my mind because it's like wow like you must always strive to not conform to, mm. to society and always think for yourself because you're just, it's just the blind following the blind. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's Unless true. you start thinking for yourself. That's so, true. so yeah, man, that, that's super, super interesting. Like, like you said, people that were not even trading it decided to get mm. involved in it. Then when it started going bad, everyone's like, ah, oh, uh, nah, yeah, no, quick to pull out. It always man. happens. Like, I'm, I'm, like, even today I received the call. I was, the, my boy was like, it's like, bro, I'm, I'm getting into crypto. How much should I put in? I said, my brother, how much are you willing to lose? Mm-hmm, that, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And the thing is, like, I'm not even going to say, yeah, like, it's all sunshine and rose because I've lost peas. But the peas I've lost, I've made it back and yeah, more. Yeah. But you just you just got to just stick in it, just, just stay in it. Um, do you sure. know what I mean? And you you, you can't be a sheep. You, you can't be a you follower. Do you know what I mean? So, Rich, if you were to go, so, like, go back to tell your younger self one thing or a piece of advice from where you are now, the mindset you have now, your understanding of business, obviously knowing the, like the failed businesses you had when you were younger, what would you say to yourself so those businesses don't, don't mm. fail? That's a good question. I'd say don't rush into starting a business yeah. if you don't truly know what you want to do. For sure. Um, 
I'll definitely say find find like your passion mm-hmm. because even if like your first business may not work out, but at least if you if you have a passion for it, you'll last at least a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Them couple of years is so important for your mm-hmm. development yeah, business because sure. that's what's going to make your next business the killer one because no, you know sure. what you've done wrong. Mm-hmm. So I'd say definitely go into something that you actually feel like I could see myself doing this for mm-hmm. at least the next one, two, three, four years. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, no, that's no I love saying. that. I love that. And just to bounce off that, um, Jim Ron said a very crazy quote that I love so much. He said, strive to be a millionaire so you learn the lessons of on your way to being a millionaire. It's not yeah. you, 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 you aspire to be a millionaire so you have a million in your bank account. But it's to learn those lessons. And that's also like one of the things that I love the most because it's like, okay, cool. I have this target, but I'm not doing this target. For example, I started a business. I'm not starting a business to be a millionaire. I'm starting a business for the self-development, for how I become a much better thinker, for how I become much Mm. more resilient, how I have more skin in the game, how I become a better leader, more compassionate, more Mm. empathy. So it's super important, like you said, like the amount of things you'll learn just from starting something, the amount of leverage you can also build. For example, if it doesn't work or you manage to have a a decent level of success and it doesn't work or it's time for you to call it quits, you can then go into interview saying, this is what I've done. And you can have... Of, you can negotiate more because you have more leverage. You can say, listen, I know how to get stuff from A to B. I might not know how to get to B to C, mm. but look at my past. I got it from A to B. So for sure, there's so much. And th- like, there's so much you just learn when you start kind of taking life in, in control. Do you know what I mean? And start doing stuff on your own mm. and you start having that kind of responsibility as well. So now I definitely, definitely love that. And that is definitely great advice for anyone listening anyways. So... I just got a quick question. Did any of you know how to play chess? I want to learn how to play it. Bro. I've noticed this trend that a lot of rich people have. They all have a chess board. Because yeah. you know, it's a mind game and yeah. they play the game of business like chess. Bro? Yeah. I learned to play chess a couple of weeks ago. Like critical thinking is something I'm, I'm always banging on about, innit? And like strategy and critical thinking, it's a combination of the two. And it's just like, and I clocked it. How I look at the chess, I don't look at the chessboard like it's a chessboard. Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like I put my own snap. I'm like, okay, cool. This is the situation. How do I adapt? How do I then put how do I then put a strategy in place? What's my defense strategy? Do you know what I'm saying? Do I have an alternative strategy? And ch- like learning, learning how to play chess is one of the best things I've done because yeah, I now look at situations so differently. No, definitely. Honestly, it's, no, amazing. it's not hard to learn, but yeah. it's so easy to learn. I think like so just off the back of that, one of the best things I've done recently as well was renovate my living room, right? Yeah. So, and yeah. one of the things I've learned from it is that like once you make a decision, once you make a commitment, you can actually change your environment. Mm-hmm. So like, so like there's, there's the before and there's the after, right? And when I actually said, okay, cool, you know what? I'm going to like give my living room a facelift. Just seeing how different it looks. And it's just the same with your life. Like mm-hmm. once you make a commitment that, okay, I want to be in better shape and I'm going to make it happen. I'm mm. going to do everything it takes or I want to succeed or I want to build a business that I can be proud of. Once you make that commitment mm. and then you actually make it happen, the fulfilling, like the fulfillment from it is, is such a great feeling. Mm. But it also shows that we are in control. We can mm. design mm. the life we want. Like 100%. you're never just in that box. Do you know what I mean? You can always step out of that box. Like you said, network with people that will inspire you. Mm. Network with people that will make you think and understand the world is much bigger 
than where you were born. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like that's one of the greatest lessons that I've learned of recent that we actually have the power to design the life that we want. Like mm. there's nothing stopping us. Like there's the internet, there's our own... Like once you let go of all the self-limiting beliefs that, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not worthy, I'm not capable, like the, the world is your oyster, do you know what I mean? So oh, that's definitely, definitely one thing uh, I want to I wanna end on. But we end on a um, word of the word week, of the week. always. So what word, what, what word do you have for us? Word of the week, yeah. Put me on or the phrase, or phrase of the phrase week. Of the week. Now I'm going to go for a word. I'm going to go for... Vision. 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 Mm. Love that. Love that. And there you have it, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you tune in next time. I remember to focus on things that move the needle. needle. Bow. Bow. Bow.